Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I have no hesitation in stating that Anne Riley manning the director of Paycheck Plus is a person of the highest integrity and gives 100% to any job which she undertakes. Likewise, she expects that same 100% contribution from her employees. Paycheck Plus is growing from strength to strength due to Anne's dedication to service for her customers, which I am proud to be one of. Anne Riley, that is one of many recommendations on your LinkedIn. CEO of Paycheck Plus, you're very welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Rian. Lovely to be here with you. Tough to have you. As usual, I want to take a step back to the beginning um, and kind of just start from there and see where it goes. You start. You went to college, UCD, studied commerce, and you've got a, a variety of other diplomas from IMI. Uh, you grew up in County Loud. What was that like growing up there? I, it was a fantastic experience. I didn't necessarily think that at the time. I think you have to go away and come back to really appreciate it. But my my parents were really hard workers. We had a very small farm. So the farm income, income was supplemented in, in various different ways by both my parents. Um, so we knew what hard work was. Um, at eight o'clock on a Saturday morning, my dad would fling open the door and let a yell into us, you know, that the best part of this day is gone. You know, it's time to get out there and, and you know, get the wellies on and, and get the work done. So we, we had several different things on the farm. Like we had we had sheep, we had pigs, we had grain, wow. we had, you know, over the different years. Uh, then my dad was actually one of the first mushroom producers in Ireland. So that, that was an interesting model to work on. And I suppose at that stage, we were teen. We were teenagers. My, my I was the eldest of, of five, and um, I think Dad thought because I was doing um, accounting at, at school or, or business studies as it was then that you know I could manage this business for him. So not only did I I have to work on the farm and pick mushrooms and uh, shovel you know what out of those big uh, polystyrene tunnels, um, I had to look after the accounts for the business. And then the one good thing was I knew how to drive a tractor and trailer. I learned how to drive a high ace van going backwards. Dad insisted that we learn how to drive going wow. backwards in the yard. He set up these bales and. and in a high van, you can't look at the side windows or the back windows. So that was an experience. So I remember one morning going to the Dublin market with, with our produce, with, with the mushrooms. So we got up at four o'clock to take them out of the fridge, loaded them into the van, off we went, so that we'd be lined up at six, you know, in, in Smithfield Market. And the guys saw this, you know, young woman coming in and they, they could see them putting their, their head in their hands saying, oh, this one is going to collide with all our fruit and veg here disaster zone this woman driver coming in you know so I said no this is not going to happen I, I know this too well so I pulled in the side mirrors and I was able to get in without a half an inch to spare you know well, so I suppose that that really showed us the value of learning to reverse backwards with with no windows to look out of um, and 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 to this day I it's, it's one of the things I say to my husband you know he can't reverse the trailer as well as I can. So growing up on a yeah. farm has has many merits. Um, it was definitely hard work, but and that's the way we were raised. 
mum was um, a school teacher as well and um, I suppose education was was very much the, the key highlight in in our house um, there were days when times were really really tough I know when the harvest check came in that was the real time for celebration because that came once a year and that's when we got our new clothes and, and any treats that were to be got for the year so actually when we ended up myself and my husband and, and our four boys ended up moving back out here beside mum and dad we actually put the name Harvest Hill on the house because it had such good memories for us in in terms of the harvest coming so the ethic of good work the ethic of education I suppose has really stood me well and it's something that I've carried through life I, I think every day is a learning day and we need to continually develop and improve ourselves in order to be able to develop and, and improve our, our businesses and, and our team and all of that so it's been it's it's a progress I'm still studying and I, I hope I'll never give up I remember at one stage doing an open university course and there was a lady on the course in her 80s and I was I was shocked you know that she was sitting down to do this and she said well I'm never too old I I, I didn't mm. learn before now so I can't go back on yesterday as they say you know, the best time to plant an oak tree was 20 years ago. Second best time is today. So that's the approach. You're I dead, right? Continue yeah. to learn. My, I, I won't give away her age, but my mother uh, herself has gone back to college to do a degree as well. Hats off to her. Um, I don't even know where to start there, Anne, but I, I have a question at the end of what I'm about to say. I'm slightly embarrassed because growing up, I had a job for two summers picking apples at a farm that they brought those apples and made bulmers cider from one of the fields local to me uh, picks you can you can uh, pick the apples and, and I thought I was a hard worker but when I hear you say not only did you pick the mushrooms you drove the tractor drove the highest van you did the accounts it seems like you just managed the entire thing out of all the things that you did growing up on the farm when you were younger what was your favorite thing to do um, I suppose when we did a free time, I actually enjoyed walking the field. Now, I know that sounds a bit daft, but you know, when, when, when you grow up in the countryside and you have access to the fields like we have here behind us, and as I look out my back window and I see them, we knew every nook and cranny of them. We knew where the birds were nesting. We knew where the primroses were going to come up, on what hedge. We knew the black thorn, the white thorn. And I think that's something that I really missed when, when we bought our first house in town. Um, so coming back to that and knowing that my children will grow up having that experience, I think was, you know, it sounds a little bit naff, I suppose, but COVID has been a time where we really start to look at things like that and appreciate nature and appreciate the cycle of life and all of that. So I suppose wandering those fields, it was, it was probably what we call today mindfulness in that we could, um, it, we, were, we were swept off into a different little world and our imagination went away with us and, and all of that kind of stuff. So um, I suppose that was probably the favourite part. And seeing, you know, in the spring, the lambs being born, sometimes bringing them in beside the radiator because maybe their mum rejected them and feeding them with a baby's bottle and letting them grow up and all the rest. Actually, it just sparks a memory for me that... Um, my, my second son, who is now 22, um, he had this pet lamb when, when we moved out here and couldn't part with the pet lamb. 
ultimately this lamb grew and grew and grew and grew into this big woolly sheep that he insisted on keeping in the back garden. But the sheep grew up alongside the dog and the sheep didn't realize that, you know, when somebody was coming to the house that he shouldn't bark like the dog did. So we had this barking sheep when somebody would come to visit. So I suppose that was great. My, my, my third son, he uh, spent his confirmation money on buying chickens and set up his own little business and um, selling eggs to the, to the local um, neighbors. And uh, then he got a cockerel and he hatched his own uh, eggs and had his own little chicks coming along and, and all of that. So I suppose it does open up entrepreneurship in a way that's mm. kind of different and, and has that quality of life where, where you see the various stages of life and nature and all of that. So I suppose that was the best part. You know, the hard work, yes, it was hard, but it was enjoyable as well. It sounds like your kids are lucky to have a mother like you. Um, I'm not sure they'd agree. <laughs> <laughs> Who were you as a as a as a kid growing up most influenced by? Um, I think probably my grandmother. My grandmother, um, I mean, if she lived today, she would be well over hundred years old. But um, I was the eldest grandchild on both sides of the house. My mom and dad both being the eldest, and my my grandmother was way ahead of herself in in terms of her savviness and you know fighting the plight for women. Now she wasn't a real feminist or anything, but she she knew what was really important in life and she was actually a brilliant coach only I didn't realize that's what she was doing at the time so when she would take me for for you know a Saturday or whatever and we'd we'd go off with our little uh, on our little missions you know she she used to sell eggs in town or fruit or whatever it was and, and I'd go with her and I might get an apple you know as a treat or something like that but if I asked her questions she never actually gave me an answer she made me figure it out for myself you know and I think that was really wise she was very insistent that all her daughters she had five daughters and three sons and then her granddaughters would learn how to drive by the age of 17 she said you know a woman who can drive has independence and then the other thing she told me you know it's funny now but um very wise she said always have your own little money for the little women's treats so it was save that little bit that, you know, you didn't kind of have to feel guilty about asking your husband for money as, as it was at that time to buy something that a woman would like to buy for herself. So very wise woman, way ahead of her times, I think, very, very much a coach rather than a dictator or rather than laying down the law. She got people to do the right thing in, in a very subtle way by, by coaching it out of the money. I, I didn't recognize that. It's only when I did. Uh, coaching myself that I realized that that's actually what she was doing so so that was very clever on her behalf you know so I think she influenced me and uh, there are times I suppose if I'm coming up against a question or something I'm pondering and if I put it out there I somehow find that she's asking me the questions that are helping me arrive at that answer so she's still there very much in in spirit with me do you mind me asking her name her name was Lily Mooney Lily Mooney sounds like an impressive woman. Yeah, she was. She was brilliant. And, and I mean, all her granddaughters and well, grandsons as well, but particularly the granddaughters, we, we've all done amazing things. We're very strong women, I think. Um, great family. She, she, she really believed in the power of family. And she said, cousins are no good unless you know each other. And she's so right. You know, we've remained very, very close. There's 26 of us. We have our, our get-togethers on a very regular basis. Now it's on Zoom, obviously but also a very musical family. 
So when we get together, it could be well into the early hours of the morning by the time we actually um, finish up. So great fun all together. So my my girlfriend's family did this get together maybe three years ago uh, down in Wexford, and they got the entire family. And I'm not just talking first, second cousins, like people they didn't even know of. And there was a scroll that they had to put, you know, the tables, the community center to fold in and fold out. They had to put maybe 15 of them in a long straight line and get this scroll. And I was bemused because they were singing songs, they were eating food, but there was maybe 250 people that came in throughout the day. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. My family's uh, are, are, are very well connected as well. We have Chris Kindle. We meet up every couple of weeks. Um, but but this just took the took the cake for. I've I've never seen a family connected as well as my girlfriend's family. Look, I I I, I want to move on, and I do want to talk about Paycheck Plus. But before that, you've spent some time working at other companies, Heinz, Unilever. What did those roles teach you? Did you take any lessons from those roles into when you started your own company? I definitely did. Um, yes, Unilever was my first job. An absolutely fantastic company to work for. Their culture was really, really good. Very, very close, very, very friendly. Almost like working in a big family where everyone was there to support everybody else. And, and I learned so much there. Huge on compliance. Um, on processes and systems and all of that kind of thing so that that was really um it's only when you know in later years that I actually realized how how fantastic an experience it was um Heinz had a very different culture um when I left Heinz I went teaching for a number of years um I suppose following many members of my family who were teachers and I was teaching at national school children and boys in particular and then I did um about two years in a special needs school but having my my four boys myself um, under the age of five, you know, they were they were all born in less than five years. No, no twins, Irish twins, all right, but not not. There's an award for somewhere for that, and there is there's an award. <laughs> so no, well, there was a new television bought after that. But um, yeah, I I decided no teaching wasn't where I wanted to be. In that, you know, spend all my time with children during the day and then come home to four more in the evening. And much and all as I loved it, so I I kind of was at a, a crossroads in my life and I thought what was it I always loved to do and payroll just jumped out at me it was one of the jobs I had done with Unilever and what I liked about it was it really made a difference to everybody um there was a beginning a middle and an end to it so there was great satisfaction out of, of producing those payslips and making sure that people got the right amount at the right time so when I learned payroll initially there was no uh, formal training but I discovered at that stage that there was. So I went off and did my, my um, formal training with the Irish Payroll Association, who subsequently asked me what I lecture for them. Oh. And I did. And I, that, that was fantastic because there I was teaching a subject that I was really passionate about to people who really wanted to hear about it. So that, that was a lot easier than national school <laughs> dealing, <laughs> dealing with so many little, little boys. Um, so from there, I saw that there was a real niche for knowledge in payroll queries. Um, and that's where I decided to, to found Paycheck Plus. Now, I had no idea what a payroll bureau consisted of. I'd never worked in an accountancy practice. I didn't know what it should be like. So I created it in a way that I felt would meet the needs of the customer. So I wasn't influenced, I suppose, by what was already there. I really had a, a clean sheet. And it, it was really about providing that information 
to our clients and grew organically started in in the garage here beside the house when 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 we built the house it was going to be a garage and during the build it was converted into my office so that's back where I am now so no one can ever say that I, that I don't remember where I came from back home now in in back in the garage again um and and that was the start of paycheck plus thinking that it would be very much a local service um and then one day I got a call from a company in Australia who asked about Irish payroll and of course you know once anyone asks me about payroll I'm just so passionate I get carried away and two quarters of an hour later um, they asked me could I run their Irish payroll and I said of course I suppose that was the eureka moment in, in realizing that if a company in Australia were happy to put their payroll in our hands then why not other companies anywhere else and I suppose that that really made a difference to the business and we started looking at the bigger picture and what we really noticed was that companies that are coming into Ireland, they could be FBI's, they, their headquarters could be based in the States or in Canada or in Australia or wherever they may be. They don't know all the intricacies of payroll and they're depending on someone like us to be here on the ground, looking after their best interests and their employees' best interests. So that's where we focused a lot of our business. But from the compliance end, the piece I had learned um, in, in my earlier career, I realized that compliance is hugely important. and I set up the business that we would focus on the compliance related to financial services sector because they were the most stringent. And we felt that if, if we met that level, then everyone else would benefit from it anyway. You know, they, they, it was just part of the course. So the early years were really sent in, spent in, in putting those foundations in place, I suppose. And then the team was growing organically. And of course, the more people we can bring in, the more we can do and the more skills we have. And that has remained to this day where people come into Paycheck Plus, they have to have that passion for payroll, the same passion that I felt then, because then they're fully committed to it. Then they want to learn more. Then they're able to share more with, their, with the clients. And, and that's what makes the real difference. So um, a few years ago, we, we actually started a graduate program where we're bringing in people who had never considered payroll as queer. Most, it's, it's funny, most people never consider payroll as their career they they end up falling into it somewhere or another and I kind of thought this is a shame because I, I feel so passionate about not just payroll but the industry as well so I approached um, our local university here in, in Dundalk DKIT and I spoke to them about the potential of, of offering um, a graduate program and they kindly allowed me to speak to their accounting and finance students who were just about to sit their final exams and some of them came up, I, I explained the role of, of the payroll person and what the job would consist of and what we did and told them a bit about Paycheck Plus and my own story and all of that. And a lot of them came up afterwards and they said, you know, I thought when I started this course, I wanted to be an accountant and halfway through it, I realized that's not really what I want to do. And this sounds just perfect because I love working with numbers. I love the connection with people. And this was it. So we started that program and it's been phenomenally successful. So as the graduates come in, we give them formal training. They, they attend their IPASS classes and, and we support them through that. They have their training days in-house with the team. They're, they're sitting beside their, their buddy, who's their mentor, and they're learning on the job as well. Now, obviously, they don't send out payrolls for a considerable period of time, but they're growing and developing as they work their way through that. So that's a three-year program. And, you know, the, the outcome of that has been hugely successful in building our own talent base who are coming in 
new. We're, we're training them in, as, as the team call it, the paycheck plus way of doing things. And that has been really successful for us. So um, education is very much there. We've, we've created what we call our, our coaching culture. Um, some of the feedbacks from our graduates has been that they feel that team members trip over each other to help them out and to answer questions and being in the environment where they're, they're hearing what's going on and issues that clients might have and, and how the more senior people would look at addressing those issues. They're learning all of the time. And, and I think that's the real key to our success. It's keeping doing what we know best yeah. and making sure that we're, we're the best at doing that. And, in 2017, was one of my proudest moments of the business, we were awarded the best payroll provider in the world, which was wow. phenomenal. Um, and, and we've gone on to have several um, awards nationally and internationally as, you know, the, one of the best payroll companies and best individual, you know, payroll manager or, or payroll uh, specialist yeah. or, or whatever. So that, that's been great. Amazing. Um, uh I, I, I do have something I want to pick up on something you mentioned because I've always had uh, you, you hear stories as as you go through life and when you're talking to people you're on a stage these stories can come back to you and you can pull them out of your toolbox and use that story and the reason why I'm saying this is because there's been a lot of talk about the corporation tax rate you know America coming out saying uh, for American companies, twenty percent worldwide, and I was talking to a guy on my podcast yesterday, and we chatted about this. And the example and the the story I went to my toolbox to use was Stripe announcing they're hiring one thousand uh, people across Ireland, and they've got this collaboration with UL. But I'm thrilled to say that I've now added a second story to that toolbox with Anne Riley and Dundalk IT with. Yeah. you helping out that as well so thank you for making my life easier you did mention <laughs> you, you you did mention multiple awards you've won i'm looking at my screen here uh woman of excellence 2014 slash 15 businesswoman of the year 2012 global payroll provider as you mentioned 2017 uh recently how i got to know of you is because you were included in an article titled ireland's top 30 women in tech for 2021 for anyone considering putting themselves forward for these awards, what would you say to them? Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll leave it as open as that. What, what would you say to them are the benefits of putting yourself forward to these awards? Ah, that's an interesting question. I suppose it's not about striving to, to win these awards. I think it's, it helps us develop our, our bigger strategy well first of all acknowledge what we've achieved so far because a lot of the time we're thinking oh well, I didn't get to do this and I didn't get to do that but actually when you sit down and you kind of try to put that award application together on things that you've done you start to realize gosh I did that and we did that and oh that's pretty amazing you know when, when you start compiling the list of things you've done so to take that moment and actually acknowledge what we have done is great and I suppose then you want to have something new for the next time you know, because if you enter something this year and, and you're not successful, well, then you're hoping, well, maybe I can improve on that next year. So I suppose there's a little bit of, um, it, it drives me maybe a little bit to, to keep developing and, and going forward and all the rest of something new again next year to bring out and, and put that forward. Um, I think, it, I suppose one of the biggest benefits, yeah, certainly recognition is, is great for the company and it gets our name out there. And that's ultimately what we want to do is, is spread the word about what we do because we know we can help 
companies make make things a whole lot better for them. But it's given us as a team that opportunity to celebrate something good and to see other members of the team going forward. I'm I'm not interested in having more awards for myself. I don't care, you know, about walking up to that stage. I get much more satisfaction out of seeing one of my team members walk up and take that stage because they deserve it for the effort that they have put into it. And if we can create an application about them, and of course with, with our agreement, but to see them take the stage, you know, that's when I know I've done a good job because I've given them that opportunity, I've supported them, and that's what makes me really, really proud. Maybe it's the mother instinct, I'm not, I'm not quite sure, but I actually get more satisfaction out of seeing them achieve than for myself. I've, 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 you know, I've grown my own confidence in, in gaining those awards. Now I'd like to see others gaining confidence by winning for themselves, you know, so. Brilliant. You're a very busy person. I feel like I might be able to guess the answer to this considering you, where you've moved back to and you've got four boys, but what do you like to spend time at when you're not busy at work? Yeah. Hmm. Uh... I have to say, I'm not a very adventurous person. I have nothing really exciting or way out there to do. Um, family is probably the most important thing. And as I say, we have that very close network with all our cousins and whatever. We're very musical. I play piano. So that's that's a nice little outlet. Um, I love the garden. I love nature. Walking. I mean, around Clarehead, we have fabulous walks up along the back of the, the harbour, across uh, the cliffs, down to the beach and, and back around again. So I suppose it's it's around the garden, it's around, you know, preparing for that family get together, having the barbecue or having that party and, and getting everything ready for that. That's that's I suppose where I'm most content in myself um, and happy that we have the space, we have the we would definitely have the fun. So we're, we're well known to be a house where there's there's going to be a fun night, you know. Um, and, and that gives me great satisfaction. That's really my free time. The rest of it goes in education I suppose I'm, I'm doing a master's at the moment so I suppose uh, getting the assignments done getting the reading done and my mom and dad actually said to me not too long ago now would you not give that up at this stage you know do you really need to be doing that and I kind of said I'm doing it because I really enjoy it I mean it's bringing huge advantages to developing the business of course and, and we have to keep pushing that as well but for me, it's personal satisfaction. There's nothing I like more than sitting down to read a book about strategy, believe it or not, you know, because I'm learning all the time and thinking, okay, so how could we apply that? And, you know, that, that's the really interesting part. And coming back to the team, sharing that with them. And the great thing now is the culture that we have, they're actually coming to us and they were saying, actually, you know what? We were just thinking, what if we did such and such thing? And I'm kind of going, this is great. This is phenomenal. So during the lockdown, you know, when, when things, that initial settling down thing, and I was thinking about what is it now we could do next? Because we want to stay in payroll. That's that's where we really excel. And there were times when I felt there were opportunities to go into other areas like HR or, or accounting or whatever. But I said, no, I, you know, we stick with doing what we do really, really well. And there were times when we had phone calls from companies who asked us if we could send one of our team in to help them out with, with payroll. And I kind of thought, no, we can't because we're, you know, they have their relationship with their clients and, and all of that. So what we have launched in January is the Payroll Panel, which is a specialist payroll recruitment company, um, where we discuss 
the needs with the client because we'll understand what they're, what they're trying to explain. We'll speak to the candidates. We'll understand where their skill sets really lie and how they could develop those further to meet certain uh, vacancies that might come up. And when we place those candidates, we can actually offer them support in the first few weeks or months in their new role. So if they've covered 90% of the job in their previous experience, but there's 10% that they haven't covered, they lift the phone, they can ring into the team in the office and we can take them through that. So that's something that no other recruitment company can offer, at least not yet. You know, we're staying within our space of expertise. So, you know, you asked a question about where do I like to spend my time? Now you've probably figured out it's, it's very much yeah, yeah. around my work because I'm, I just love it so much. And I'm thinking of other people in, in our sector and a lot of payroll people are on their own and it's a real back office activity. So they're fighting for resources. People only come to talk to them when something goes wrong, you know, so they, they don't really get the recognition. And this was something I was thinking about. So what we did you know we've we've had plenty of awards on our team get great recognition and we are a team of 30 people so we get to talk to each other about payroll and all of that but there were other people out there who were very much on their own and we decided that we would change that and we've created a network for those people called payroll professionals ireland and we started on linkedin we've now moved to whatsapp and it's buzzing every day and that's fantastic with people sharing queries and questions and all the rest so november we decided that we would have a payroll awards night, which was all done virtually, very professionally, and we had different categories, and it gave those people an opportunity to put forward their application and get some recognition. And that's something I kind of feel it's not that we're giving back, it's just it brings me back to where I was in the beginning, having this passion for my job, but not having others around me to talk to about it. Mm. So by creating this network and getting those others involved, I think we can really promote the industry both through our graduate program, you know, at that level that people actually enter the sector wanting to be a payroll professional rather than falling into it, but also for the people who are in it to have that support going forward. So the payroll panel is, is going very successfully, I have to say, even though we only launched it um, in January of this year. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing that grow as well. It all, it all ties very much together, keeping our area of expertise. I've got two final questions for you, Anne. First question is, COVID lifts, whenever it lifts, the uh, quarantine, whatever you want to call it. Where's the first place you're going to? Hmm, good question. Somewhere warm and sunny. Uh, somewhere with a nice sunbed beside a pool and a nice beach. <laughs> I don't really mind what country that is. Um, I'm open to that. A little bit of blue sky space, very much so. So a little bit of heat um, and sun. But uh, in terms of actual destination, I don't really mind. I'll... I'll I'll get on whatever plane is going for it. <laughs> as long as it has, as long as it has a bit of sun. Nice. I want you to imagine it's the end of the decade and you're looking back. What would you like to have achieved if you're looking back from the end of the decade? I suppose personally, I'd, I'd love to see my the, the four boys at the moment are all just you know in, in the final stages of their various qualifications. My my eldest boy is an astrophysicist. And he's involved in building Ireland's first satellite. So I'd love to see that he has launched that. And that has been the launch of his fantastic career. Um, the second guy is an apprentice electrician, almost finished. So hopefully he will have, if not his own business, a really good job as, a, as an electrical manager. Mm -hmm. um, 
The third guy is a marine engineer. So at the moment he's out in um, the States. He's, he's going between Alabama and uh, Mexico with oil. Um, so he wants to be the chief engineer. So I'd like that for him. And I hope that he comes yeah. home to visit his mommy fairly often. And the baby of the house I'm is sure also he will. an electrician. So I'd like to see all of them happy in their careers. And, and so far they seem to be really happy in their choices. So whatever that choice is, I hope that they're happy in it. And I suppose from, from the work aspect, my, my family at work, um, my, my team, I want to see them achieve their potential and to be happy in their role, um, wherever they are and whatever they're doing. I think being happy in what you do and being passionate about it, you don't feel like you're going to work. So it's actually enjoying life and, and see everyone happy and healthy. That's the biggest thing, you know, still be with my husband. Uh, still have my parents and siblings and cousins and the, the bigger family around me. If I have that, I'll be a really happy woman. And it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. I wish you every success in the future. I hope your four boys achieve everything they want to achieve. You and your husband enjoy being back home in Louth and that your business continues to, to grow. But uh, from, from my end, thank you very much for your time today. Thanks, Rian. A pleasure.